This is another experiment with our sound today. Yes. We're continuing to be in a new world. We're in person again. We're excited about that as usual. We're looking deep into each other's eyes. Deep into each other's eyes. Oh, it's beautiful. It's delightful. This Mm. is why the lover's card keeps representing us. (laughs) Welcome to Shit My Soul Says, a podcast about all things woo. I'm Jillian. And I'm Rosalie. And we are obsessed with anything having to do with alternative spirituality. And we want to share our obsession with you. Because woo is fun, but it's more fun with friends. I'm a reincarnation coach and energy worker. And I'm a practicing witch. So we've been around the woo block a time or two. Mm-hmm. Each episode, we will be digging into a different topic, from tarot to third eyes to energy healing. We'll share our personal experiences and offer you practical advice for your own practice. So whether you're new to all of this or queen of the pagans, that's me, (laughs) everybody is welcome. No witch card needed. This is inclusive woo. We just want to laugh with you, learn with you, and talk about some woo shit with you. So let's do that. Let's talk about Shit My Soul Says. Let's do our weekly woo. Our weekly woo. Jillian, why don't you tell our listeners what the weekly woo is? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, The weekly woo is the part of our episode where we talk about some woo shit that we've gotten up to that week or that has happened to us that really connects us to the larger universe. Universe. And just talks about how this like woo life is really a part of our daily life and how we just live and breathe every day. Uh, So tell me, Jillian, what's your weekly woo? All right. So my weekly woo is actually about like food and my body and all that stuff. I feel like I've been getting messages from my body and also just like from spirit or I don't know what, but I've been getting messages for like, I don't know, six months to a year that I need to start kind of going more meatless. Mm. And not that I'm going to be a vegan, Mm -hmm. but it's like getting prompted to kind of be vegan-ish. Okay, so something that I find absolutely fascinating is that I've been feeling so much more like meat is not the right thing for me to be constantly eating. Interesting. We're both on the same kind of like, and it's like occasionally that's fine. Yeah. Well, and alongside that, I've also started reading this book called Healthy Body at Every Size, which has been fascinating because like I grew up in a diet mentality with my mother Mm -hmm. and this book is very much more about intuitive eating and talks about like when you diet not only like are they not successful and you gain the weight back but you're training your body that you're going through a state of famine yeah so you actually get fatter from dieting Mm -hmm. so one of the things that talks about okay eat whatever you want but eat without any distractions like television Mm. or right and really just savor the food so that you're listening to your own internal cues in your own body Mm -hmm. and for whatever reason like that always has terrified me to just eat my food. I don't know why, but I have like this block about it. And I was just like, yeah, I know I'm supposed to do that. Well, there have been studies that have been done that have shown that when you are like watching a movie or something, when you're eating, your body doesn't absorb as much nutrients. What? Yes. She has research in the book. So I believe it. (laughs) So I'm like, crap, I actually have to like focus. But then it's also like... What is this past life issue that I've got about not wanting to be present with my food? Like, I hate having a lot of food in my refrigerator Mm -hmm. because it stresses me out. 
Like okay. there's something about it. Like, I don't know. I've got issues with food, but it's a little different than other people normally have. People mm-hmm. usually have food scarcity issues. Right. And mine is like, I'm totally terrified of like food rotting. Right. Or being wasted. Anyway. So yeah. So as part of that, I signed up for, and this is not a paid for promotion, uh, signed up for Daily Harvest. So I started two weeks ago because I need, with my new job, I need something that's, oh, God, I sound like a commercial. <laughs> Cute commercial. And with my new job, I'm just so busy all of the time that I need like instant meals. And I just loved that it's daily harvest is like vegan. It's gluten free. It's and it's pretty tasty. Put it in your freezer too. And just so I don't have to worry about going bad. That's the other great thing about it. It's in my freezer. It's not going bad. And then I take it out and I cook it. I think it's really important that you just listen to your body. Like there's no one diet for everybody. Right. Right. Well, and I would also just like to add and love your body how it is. Absolutely. Yes. Like that's the other thing that's amazing about this book is it's talking about the health stuff. We've been fed a whole bunch of health bullshit Mm -hmm. about being fat, that being fat is, is deadly, but it isn't actually. And that's one of the things I knew from working in cardiac surgery, overweight people did better post-cardiac surgery than thinner people. I did not know that. So we've got all of this bullshit that's been out there, and I feel like it's time to really learn the truth. Yeah. It's not about your love handles, but it's about, like, how you feel in your body. You can feel great in your body at any size. So absolutely. That's my woo. I mean, it's like very physical, but also part of that whole woo thing is just that that message I'm getting listening to the body, listening to the universe. And I do wonder as far as that like meatless thing, like a lot of spiritual traditions are all about not eating meat. So I'm also kind of wondering, is that part of why I'm being prompted not to eat so much meat as some sort of a spiritual? Anyway, so it's my weekly woo. What about you, Rosalie? My weekly woo is, so we record a couple of weeks in advance of when our shows get released. Tomorrow is the summer solstice. Yes, it is. Yay. And I'm just really looking forward to introducing my child to this concept of the summer solstice. He's finally at an age where I feel like he can begin to get it. And so I'm just really looking forward to spending some time outside with him. And it's also Father's Day. So, you know, my husband gets to participate (laughs) (laughs) or not, depending on what he wants to do. Yes. And yeah, so it's not a big weekly woo. It's just me being really excited. That's good. About sharing with my kid. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Okay, so. So, speaking of summer solstice, let's talk about our topic. It's paganism. Because we've been referencing paganism in so many of our episodes, because it's a story that Rosalie and I both share in our woo background. Exactly. And I'm like, well, hang on. We got to talk about paganism because a lot of people don't know anything about it. (laughs) Right. Or have very weird ideas about what it is. Exactly. And there's an assumption that I have a tendency to make, which is totally not the right assumption to make, which is like, okay, well, I'm pagan and I'm woo. So then all the other woo people are also pagan. (laughs) That is not true. Not Not at all. I know that some of our loyal listeners are Christian and probably other religions. It's just that I happen to know. I know some that are Buddhists. Right. So all all sorts and spectrums. Yeah. I'm sure we have Hindus as well. We might. We have a lot of people who listen to us in India. A lot of India people. Shout out to India. Shout out to India. Thanks for listening. We love you. (laughs) Hopefully someday we'll be able to come visit. That would be nice. (laughs) So do you identify as pagan? 
I don't identify as pagan, actually. You know, one of the things I think you said earlier was like pagan adjacent. Yeah. And I think that is how I, like, it's part of my story. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've incorporated pagan elements into myself and into my life. But I think as I got into paganism, when I was Wicca specifically, and we'll go into the difference later on, I just felt, you know, as much as I like following rules, I like following my rules. Sure. But sometimes when there's like a lot of structure, particularly around religion, I get a little turned off. And at the time, a lot of the stuff that I was reading was like, you have to celebrate every new moon and you have to do this. And I'm like, do I? Because if Mm -hmm. I do, I don't want to do this. Yeah. Like, I just want to kind of be lazy about it. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Yeah, so I think that I've, like I said, I've got, like, ingredients. Sure. Ingredient, it's in my in my spirituality mixture. I have pagan ingredients. Okay. I guess one of the things, I identify as pagan. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> we'll get into more detail. But I think it's important for us to talk about what paganism is. Yes. And I'm really curious, because you are pagan adjacent, what would you say the definition of paganism is? Yeah, so this might not be the right definition, but if there is a right definition. But for me, paganism is about earth-based religions, where you're really focusing on, and this isn't the truth, all of them don't qualify for this, but this is how it is for me. There's all my disclaimers. Is, is for me, it's about being in tune with the earth and earth-based like religions, the season, like the nature actually of like earth. Mm. So for me, paganism, my view of paganism represents this earth-based spirituality, the spirituality I have while in physical form versus like my soul spirituality, which is more aligned with like the reincarnation. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because it's about me being here on the planet and recognizing the turning of the seasons and the life within nature, the spirits within the plants, Mm -hmm. all of that. That's fascinating. That's my little world. Well, so my definition, and this is what I've read. This is not like, hey, I have decided that this is my definition of paganism. (laughs) (laughs) Just giving Jillian a hard time. Yeah, I have my definition, so it's fine. (laughs) But I've always viewed paganism as really just polytheistic religion, where you have multiple different deities and or spirits. And that there often is an earth-based component, but that's not a requirement for a religion or a spiritual practice to be considered pagan. Now, one thing that is, I feel it's kind of important to mention is that when I talk about paganism, I'm really talking about what like a scholar would call neo-paganism. Yeah, that's a good point. What's that difference? And so neo-paganism is more of the modern recreation of ancient pagan religions or a complete self-defined version of a religion that is polytheistic and often nature-based. And like, for instance, Hinduism, you know, having spoken to a Hindu once about this, she said that, yes, she considers Hinduism to be pagan. That's one of the questions that I looked up in Quora is it said, is Hinduism pagan? What did it say? I didn't read it. I just saw the title. (laughs) (laughs) So this one Hindu woman almost 20 years ago (laughs) told me that she did consider Hinduism to be a pagan religion. I would not consider it to be a neo-pagan religion because it is ancient. Yes. And it's the continuation of an actual ancient religion. Yes. There are people who would claim that their version of paganism 
has been given to them from their family members and it's passed down and they're like 35th generation or whatever, but that's their story and it's not mine. So you're not going to tell it. That's right. But importantly, paganism is an umbrella term and it covers just tons of practices and religions and spiritualities such as Wicca and Druidism or Neo-Druidism and... Aquarian Tabernacle Church. Yeah. And... I don't know, the Nordic recreation. There's Egypt recreation. There's... Every there's everything right. There's everything out there. Yeah, and you know there's Dianic Wicca, which mm-hmm. is very specifically just women, mm-hmm. and there's Gardnerian Wicca, which is this really like rigid, structured, ritualistic, mm-hmm. hierarchical religion. So there's lots and lots and lots of different paganisms. But what is Wicca? Wicca is a pagan religion. Yes. And I'm going to tell you. Tell me. I'm real bad at knowing exactly what Wicca is. <laughs> All I know is I'm not Wiccan. Why do you know that you're not Wiccan? Uh, because I researched it a long time ago. <laughs> and you're like, that's not me. I was like, that's not me. And I have a crap memory. Oh, and see, Wicca was definitely the one that I was more in alignment with. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to give a good definition either because I read it a long time ago. But for me... And a lot of Wiccans will disagree with me, I'm sure. But I think maybe that's where I particularly get that idea about Earth-based. The idea about Wicca is that it is something that was, whether true or not, the concept is that it is something that kind of got carried forward Mm -hmm. from earlier times. I don't know if ancient, but earlier times. since very goddess-centered, god and Mm goddess-centered. And there are circles. There are certain sorts of things that tend to be in most Wicca traditions, there's, you know, raising energy and that sort of stuff as well that, you know, maybe not all pagans do, but um, as far as like doing spells and that sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, I think I'm definitely Wicca adjacent. Yeah, I think you are. Where I do like to do my rituals in a particular order. I like to cast a circle. I like to call on the elements. I then like to invite deity into the circle. I usually prefer to have a god and a goddess, although, you know, if it's just me, I'll just do a goddess. Typically, sometimes that's not the proper thing for whatever I'm doing. And then I'll do my ritual or my spell. And then I thank everything and dispel all of it. And there is definitely a ritualistic process for me because that's what I learned. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, well, that's this is just what works for me because yeah. I've done it so many times. I don't believe that that's the only way to do it. Of course. Properly. You say, of course, but there are lots of people who do think that way. That's true. But that's not our, I say, of course, because do your woo. Do your woo. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are not uh, rigid in any of our beliefs, really. And I will, I'll throw this in too about Wicca is that it's often called witchcraft as well. Which is a whole bundle of stuff. So that's so that's something to kind of be aware of that, you know, if you're thinking of witches as the ones that flew in brooms and hung out with Satan and got burned at the stake, that's not really what Wicca is about. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. But the other thing, too, is witchcraft doesn't necessarily mean... Wiccan. Mm-hmm. So you can be a witch, but not a Wiccan. And you can be a Wiccan, but not a witch. There are people who would disagree with me. In fact, I was part of a very heated online debate about that exact topic. But to me, witchcraft is simply practicing magic. 
So I identify as a witch because I practice magic and it's a spiritual practice. I feel like for me, that's an important component of it. Okay. So you can do magic without having any spirituality, without having any deities. True. There are traditions of magic that are designed that way. So for me, the power of the magic comes from deity. It comes from the earth. Earth and deity are interconnected in ways that are completely inextricable. So when I do magic, I'm pulling energy from the earth and the gods and non-spiritual magic or non-religious magic either pulls from themselves or from power words and specific rituals and different kinds of incantations. And I don't know enough about it to really give a good explanation. Some people call that high magic and the magic that I do, they call low magic. And that's just some terms. There are lots of terms. There are lots of terms. So one of the things that kind of occurred to me too is that normally when in this country at least, when we think about religion, we're talking about organized religion, right? We're talking right. about the big organized structural religions. You've got Christianity, you've got Judaism, you've got Islam, etc. And paganism tends to be not an organized religion. Right? Even mm-hmm. though it's like there's organization to it. Right. It's not considered a big organized religion. And because of that, because you don't have like one big official structure, there are so many different interpretations and there are so many different ways things show up. So it's really hard to do one episode about paganism <laughs> and cover it all. Yeah. Because it's so nuanced. And as Rosalie pointed out, everybody has their own kind of interpretation because there's no book that says this is what it is and we all have to agree with this book because this book is the law right and there's no higher organizing body yes you know we don't have a pope right i might be queen of the pagans you might be but i don't actually have any power over other pagans no (laughs) it's a completely (laughs) ceremonial term that's right (laughs) yeah that's a really excellent point you bring up yeah because we're gonna have a lot of those answers in this like well this is what I think, but yeah. somebody disagrees with me. <laughs> I can guarantee you everything that we've said so far, somebody disagrees with it. Yes, but I think that's true of every single episode that we have that's ever done. True. <laughs> but I think paganism is like dialed it up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Being in the broom closet. <laughs> Get it, getting friendly with those brooms. I don't know why I took it there. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I did. I took it there. I don't I need to get laid. <laughs> I, I hear there's some ghosts around. <laughs> it's a washcloth. No, not here. Not here. <laughs> they've, they've exited this little residence. They're like, watch out for that one. <laughs> so, yeah, I did want to bring up the concept of, quote, being in the broom closet. Yeah. Which is something that a lot of modern pagans have to deal with. Yes. And being in the broom closet is very similar to being in the closet if you're gay or bi or trans or any other... Identification. um, Yeah, exactly. So being in the broom closet is where you are someone who practices magic or practices any version of paganism, but you don't feel safe telling other people that you do that. That fear of being in danger could come from a lot of different things, whether that's family members disowning you or mocking you or hating you or thinking that you are evil. 
It can also come from your community. There are a lot of communities that are very closed-minded about religion and religious practices that aren't kind of the standard mainstream practices. And typically in the United States anyway, that's Christianity, just because that's the dominant Mm -hmm. cultural religion here. But it could be any religion that thinks other religions are problematic. So that's just something I wanted to bring up was that there are a lot of people who are in the broom closet. I am kind of selectively in the broom closet where I don't wear, you know, pentacles. That's a symbol that is frequently used by pagans. I don't wear pentacles around. I don't announce to the world that like, yes, I am pagan. If you walk into my house and look around and really pay attention, you could figure it out. <laughs> Based on my literature and my decorations and the broom above my door. <laughs> but there are just people that I haven't explicitly told. So if they said, what is your religion? Or what are your beliefs? I would tell them. But until they do... You don't say anything. I don't say anything about it. So I remember when I was young and I was like a, you know, I don't know, probably 14 or 15 when I was getting into Wicca and I was all about it and I was so excited and, you know, I talk about everything. I don't have a privacy filter. And, uh, I, you know, I told my mom about it, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, and she was just like, whatever. Because she did weird stuff and I was weird. And so she just d- dealt with it. But we were getting together with one of her friends. And her friend was asking me, like, how was I and everything? And I wanted to share about this. Right. And, and she got up to, like, go get some lemonade or something. And I was like, oh, I want to tell like, to my mom. I'm like, oh, I'll tell her about getting into Wicca. And my mom was like, no, don't don't tell her that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, and I just remember feeling like like I'd gotten kind of hit in my heart. Yeah. You know, because it was a part of me that I was being told that I had to hide. Yeah. That it wasn't okay. That it was wrong for wanting to share that part of me. And it's it really sucked. And then it shaped me because then I was like, oh, this is something that I can't talk about to people. Yeah. So that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. It's just a crappy situation. And I don't know how to fix it, quite frankly. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, I always feel like the more voices you have that can speak up about who they are, the more people get more acceptance and tolerance. I mean, the one you said earlier, you're talking about LGBTQ, Mm -hmm. the more people that have come out the more it's been normalized in society and accepted in society instead of like, oh, he's queer. You know, I remember when I was a kid. Now it's just not even anything that's, at least in my circle, Mm -hmm. in my circle, it's not even something that's kind of really notable. Right. It's like, oh, of course, there's all sorts of different identities, sexual identities. Yeah. Something else is that just because being in the broom closet is something that has been used for pagans, it doesn't mean that people don't feel that same way if they are woo or woo curious. Very true. And so you don't have to be a practitioner of a spirituality that's pagan, or you don't have to be a religious person who's pagan. There are a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, I can't be open about this part of myself because I'm opening myself up to ridicule, judgment, yeah, fear, ex, you know, exclusion. 
Yeah. Sometimes even maybe your job, like it could cost you your job depending on the kind of environment you're in. Right. You know? And, you know, I know people who are very progressive and whose friends and family are very progressive and they don't want to tell other people about their woo feelings, their woo thoughts, because they don't want to be set told you're an idiot. Yeah, exactly. And so that's something that's it's hard. It's, yeah. Well, particularly when it's like your belief, right? Yeah. Like that's the hard part. You know, I've mentioned before, like my brother doesn't share and he gets uncomfortable when I talk about things. And because it's so much like a part of who you are, your belief mm-hmm. system, it is hard when people think that you're stupid. Right. Right. Because it, it hurts you. Per- like it's deeper. Right. It's more than just like, yeah, you're stupid for liking, you know. Coldplay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Coldplay was the first thing that popped I was going to say Jamoka Alma Fudge ice cream. And I don't know why I wanted to say that. Apparently I'm food focused this morning. <laughs> I don't think anyone would think you were stupid for liking Jamoka Almond Thank Fudge. Thank you. That's also why I hesitated because that's <laughs> not a stupid thing to like at all. <laughs> And I want some right now. (laughs) Oh, Oh, so I just want to tell you a little story about being in the broom closet. When I was in college, I was very not in the broom closet. I was like pentacle person. I was like the campus pagan. Yeah. One of a couple, right? It was like, oh, you've got questions about paganism? Come talk to me. Oh, you want a multi-faith? panel about Jesus? Why, yes, I will talk about how I think Jesus is a witch. Thank you very much. (laughs) That must have gone over well. (laughs) I was very respectful. Oh, good. Good, good, good. And uh, anyway, my college roommate who was, and she still is, gay, and I decided to go on a road trip for spring break. And we went down to North Carolina, which was as Far away as we were willing to drive from Boston for spring break. But we wanted to go south so we could have some, like, nice, quote, warm weather. It was not. (laughs) (laughs) But you had dreams. We had dreams and we had fun. And we looked up weird things to do. And we ended up going to this really small town to go to a really weird museum that was just created because there was a woman who was a hoarder in the town and she died and they made a museum out of all of her hoarding stuff. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what we thought. We're like, yeah, we got to do this. It's going to be really fun. And so we went to this tiny town in the middle of North Carolina, like not near any major metropolitan areas. And, you know, I kind of looked around when we, we parked and I was like, roommate, do not take the Lord's name in vain while we're here. (laughs) It felt very like this is a place where they would murder us for being who we were. It felt very, very uncomfortable. So like I had my pentacle necklace and I put it in my bag, Mm -hmm. like deep in my bag. So it wouldn't accidentally like fall out if I was getting my wallet out or something. And she had some rainbow stuff on and she took that off so that we weren't, in a situation where we could be harmed in this town that nobody knew where we were and (laughs) that felt very, very scary. Interesting. And part of it was like the energy of the town. Yeah. Part of it was like... It was like Footloose, that town. I don't like that movie. I don't remember anything about it. I don't really either. I just remember it was a town you couldn't dance. I mean, it was was the sort of town where like (laughs) Confederate flags were hanging. Okay. There were like racial slurs spray painted on abandoned buildings. Well, and that's the thing that I thought about like... Talk. I mean, that's our privilege, right? That yeah. You can take it off. Mm-hmm. Right? 
but you yeah. were still white. Like, That's you right. can't take off your... I mean, I think it's important. It is important to, to point out that, like, hey, yeah, I can take off my religious symbols. You can't take off your skin. No. Not and not live. <laughs> if you do live, it'd be really uncomfortable. <laughs> it'd be really uncomfortable. Ouch. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my kind of, oh, in the broom closet story where it was the first time that I had really felt vulnerable or yeah, vulnerable because of the spiritual practice of mine Mm. that didn't feel like a choice. Yeah. And it has never felt like a choice. It has always felt like, oh, this is part of who I am. Yeah. I couldn't just turn it off and become a Christian tomorrow. I tried being Christian when I was younger. It did not work. Didn't stick. I tried to. I tried being Greek Orthodox as we went through. (laughs) Oh, so one thing, too, let's talk about. You've referenced a pentacle a couple of times. Yeah. So, because I think that's something you and I are like, oh, yeah, pentacles. Oh, we understand what the pentacle is and what it means. Right. But a lot of people out there associate the pentacle with Satanism. So talk a little bit about, like, what the pentacle is and why is it a symbol? Right. And why is it not satanic? Yeah. Well... So a pentacle is a five-pointed star in a circle. And typically the star is open um, versus like a closed star in the circle because that's like a sheriff badge. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a five-pointed star because there are four elements in a lot of pagan religions, which is earth, air, fire, and water. And then there's the fifth element, which is kind of a special thing, which is spirit. Spirit. And so spirit would be at the top. That would be be represented by the top point of the star. And so that's really just a symbol that shows that there are are kind of five elements and that you're into sort of the natural world. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, in Chinese medicine, there are five elements Mm -hmm. that are not the same as uh, the elements from paganism or witchcraft. There's also, unfortunately, the same symbol has been used to represent Satanism. I don't know the history of that, but typically it's an upside down or reversed pentacle. Yes. That's how you can tell the difference. Is the is the star pointing down or is the star pointing up? Right. If it's pointing down, it's about Satanism. If it's pointing up, it's about Earth-based religions. Usually. Usually. (laughs) Again, argue with everything. Right. They're going to be like teenagers who don't have any idea what they're talking about, who are going to be like, I'm going to spray a pentacle. Yeah, that's true. It could also just be about heavy metal. Yeah. It's it's a symbol that's used by some pagans, not by others, Mm -hmm. some by Satanists. And, you know, here's the thing, too. Satanism isn't the worship of Satan (laughs) in modern times. So it's a whole different... That's a whole different can of worms. It would be an interesting episode. Absolutely. So, Jillian, did that answer your question about pentacles? Yes, it did. Thank you very much, Rosalie. I'm going to ask another question. Do it. Let's talk about, maybe I'm just posing a topic, uh, getting naked and sex stuff. Let's talk about getting naked and sex stuff. (laughs) (laughs) As she looks deeply into my eyes. Because I think when you look into paganism and, you know, associated religions, um, it's kind of interesting because there are some groups that do practice being naked mm-hmm. called moon clad. Sky Sky clad. clad. I was like, I know that's not right. <laughs> called sky clad, where they do the rituals totally naked. And I've also learned about ones where they actually practice sex magic, meaning like 
Now, I'm, this is my very bad little knowledge about it, but my understanding is that, like, a man and a woman kind of embody the god and the goddess and have sex with each other as part of a ritual. I just read about that. I said, that's not me. I'm not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's interesting to talk about. I mean, I I think it would be easy to think that that's what a lot of paganism is when really it's like a very, 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 very small slice that does that. You know, I I can't say how many people do that. I have definitely met a lot of people who practice sky clad. Okay. It depends on sometimes the weather. <laughs> you would hope so. <laughs> and for groups that practice sky clad regularly, it's not usually about sex. It's just about... Oh, yeah. Those are two different things. Right. Sorry. I put them together because they're both like sexy eye topics. Right. But they're really two different Right, practices. but I, you know, they, people are going to conflate the two, so I wanted to clarify. I thank you for doing that, because they would have. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Although you probably are naked when you have the sex. I don't know. you don't have to be naked. You don't have to have the sex to be naked. I mean, I don't know. I, if I were going to do, like, ritual sex, I would want to be in, like... A, a robe. A robe, yeah. Like something... A with sexy like, robe. Like a sexy robe and like a crown or like a tiara or yeah, something. definitely a tiara if you're going to get fucked by a god. Right? Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's just a thing that every group is going to feel differently about. And do it or not. Just make sure that you're obeying laws. Like, mm-hmm. don't... Get naked in front of somebody with the excuse of like, oh, this is my religion. Fuck you. (laughs) Make sure that other people are comfortable with your choice to get naked. Yeah. And then as far as sex goes, it's not just ritual sex that is really a thing in paganism. And what I mean is, you know, at least with kind of the earth-based practices where you are honoring the changing of the seasons, a lot of those sabbats or holidays are fertility based yes so you know like may 1st or beltane Beltane. that is the sex holiday and you can like if you pay attention next beltane like there's if you hang out with people there's some energy happening there really is there's some sexy and i had a whole little love i mean we didn't have sex but like all that energy was there and we yeah. were all hanging out with each other. Totally. And there were, in theory, I don't know the actual history, but people claim that there were ancient peoples who would have sex outside mm-hmm. in order to help promote the fertility of the fields. Yeah. And like Even there's including the Romans. Yeah. Saturnalia. That's right. That's but that's right. Saturnalia is in December. I know, but it's still a sexual. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. The yeah. Whole. Yeah. And there's even a song about Beltane or May 1st by mm-hmm. Jonathan Colton, I think is his name. And it's got, it's like, it's May 1st there. And there's a lyric about fucking outside. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's a thing. It's a, it's a real thing. <laughs> and a maypole is a big, representation of a phallus. Big penis. Yeah. And so a lot of people who identify as pagan or woo too, not everybody, but they're a lot more open about sexuality. To my knowledge, there aren't any pagan traditions. There might be, but there aren't any pagan traditions that are like sex is 
bad mm-hmm. or sex before marriage is bad yeah. or sex for a reason other than procreation is bad. Yeah. It's very much embracing our natural state ourselves. Exactly. Because sex is part of being a human. It's part of, it's part of the earth cycle. Sex is part of being a sexual animal, like a, any animal that, rep, that reproduces sexually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's why we exist. It is why we exist. It is quite why literally. Exist, literally. And so that can be very uncomfortable for people who did grow up in traditions or cultures where sex is much more firmly policed mm-hmm. or where women are considered property property or where if they've had sex before marriage, oh, yeah. they're used and they're yeah. not good. Yeah. You know, so there are those patriarchal concepts are still alive and well. Absolutely. In the United States and all over the world. Yes. And one of the things about paganism is that it's like, fuck that. Yeah. I'm not going to let the patriarchy put me down because it is very much a patriarchal. Yeah, it is. It's the idea. It it absolutely is. And we can get into that, but it's essentially the concept is um, because it's usually about women having lots of sex, not men. Yep. And it's very much about that idea that if a woman belongs to a man, he doesn't want to be raising somebody else's child. That's kind of basically what it comes down to. Right. Which, of course, is ridiculous because not all sex is about procreation. Thank you. But there are also still religions and, like, sects that believe that sex should be about procreation mm-hmm. and nothing else. Yeah. Well, if that was the case, we wouldn't have orgasms. Right? Thank you. Or at least we wouldn't have orgasms. Certainly for women, we wouldn't have orgasms in our non-fertile time period. Right? We can have orgasms when we're bleeding. We can have orgasms whenever. Whenever. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if it was just about procreation, we probably would only have it when we're fertile. Mm-hmm. Or not at all. But we are a lot hornier when we're fertile. Okay. But here's the thing I want to say about all of this as well, sex in paganism, is I really feel important. Like, if you're involved in a group that is embracing of sex, mm-hmm. whatever way, whether that's like a Beltane, just everybody go out and have sex in nature that you feel like, or as part of a ritual or whatever... If you don't feel comfortable, like, never, 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 never feel like, oh, this is my belief system, and they're saying that this is what it's supposed to be, and I'm supposed to be doing this, and so I should go along with it. Even, like, don't go along with it. It doesn't have to be like, Mm -hmm. you don't even have to feel like, no, I don't want to do this. If you just feel like slightly like, this doesn't feel like something I'm excited about, you should always feel excited about sex. Yes. That's my rule. I think that's a great rule. I agree 100%. I've never been in a situation where a group of pagans was trying to, you know, pressure me into sex. I've never had sex in like a spiritual pagan context because I've only slept with one person who was pagan and that lasted like two months. Okay. (laughs) It wasn't during Beltane. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Although he did uh, try to reach out to me on Beltane. It was like... That that's a pagan booty call. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> that's a pagan booty call. Somebody texts you on Beltane and says, "Happy Beltane, how's it going?" <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a pagan booty call. That might be the title right there. <laughs> I love that pagan booty call. Beltane is a pagan booty call. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that should be a shirt at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, we're talking about Beltane. Mm-hmm. And I know that we've talked about it in previous episodes about the Wheel of the Year, but we haven't talked about that in the pagan episode. 
oh my gosh, <laughs> what is Beltane? What is that? Like, what are, what's the holidays? Well, so the holidays, uh, sometimes called the Sabbats mm-hmm. or Sabbats, depending on who's pronouncing them, are, they're spaced out throughout the year. So there's eight major Sabbats, and that would be the summer solstice, the fall equinox, the winter solstice, and the spring equinox. And so those are obvious, like, that is a celestial mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, the, the day's the longest, the day's the shortest, the day's the midpoint. Yeah. And so anybody who can figure out astronomy at its basic, which ancient peoples did all the time, they knew about those yeah, dates. Yeah, this is ingrained in a lot of historical cultures. Yeah. And then there's the cross quarters, which in modern paganism and in the traditions that I've experienced – which are the midpoints between each of those solar yes, events. solar events. And those would be Beltane, which is May 1st, and Lunasa. I, I knew what it was, it, but I wasn't going right? to pronounce it. Is Lunasa? Yeah, it's August 1st. Yeah, Lunasa on August 1st. And Samhain? <laughs> <laughs> Samhain, only the most famous. Yeah, also known as Sam Hain, if you're reading it. No, it's not. Uh, but it looks like Sam That's Hain. What it, that's what it yeah. looks like. Yeah, it looks like Sam Hain. Also known as Halloween. Yes. And then Imbolc, which is... February 1st. February 1st. Ish. I or always celebrate it on February 2nd, but... Yeah, those, those, yeah, they, each day can switch by like, so that's why you should be like, Samhain in 2021. Well, Samhain's always like October 31st, but like, in bulk in 2022. Right. It's up to you how you practice that. I always feel like practicing it on May 1st and August 1st and, you know. Yeah, that's my thing too. And for me, it's February 2nd, for you it's February 1st. Mm -hmm. Eh, that's fine. Yeah. Because do your woo. That's right. So that's the piece that, that's my ingredients. That's my biggest ingredients when I talked about having pagan ingredients. It's Mm -hmm. the wheel of the year because I really like the idea of being in sync with nature and that each of these points and in when we were in an earth oriented society where we were farming, Mm -hmm. those points were very important for the harvest, Right. right? And for, for like, February 1st, in bulk, that was very much about like, that's when you shear the lambs and that's when you're getting dairy. So that's often what that, that holiday can be about. And it's also about, you know, the very early states of spring. So it's this beginning and renewal. Right. Um, whereas like August 1st was very much about like the harvest. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I just love that there are all these points of the year that really kind of represent these cycles we go through, not only through the year, but in our lives. Mm-hmm. There are time periods where we need to go into the darkness, like winter solstice, and have that time of rest. And then there are times that we need to go through the summer solstice and have that time of celebration and like really jubilantly enjoying ourselves. And then the other thing that I really thought was fascinating when I started learning about all of this is how you can take the Christian religions and lay it on top of the wheel. Oh my gosh. That I think, I remember that pagan newsletter that I had when when I was in (laughs) high school. There was this cartoon that um, somebody had drawn that was like the Easter bunny carrying a wagon and in it was like a Christmas tree (laughs) and like a pumpkin. And it was like, it was basically like, 
all of the things that Christianity has kind of taken from paganism. Right. Right. Because think about Easter. I'm going to, I'm on my train right now. Yep. So think about Easter. Well, first of all, that even the name Easter is like related to Eostar, which is mm-hmm. also like pagan based. What is Easter about? In the Christian religion, Easter is about Jesus was killed on the cross and he rose, rose from, from the, the dead. dead. What the fuck does that have to do with bunny and eggs? Nothing. But guess what bunny and eggs do have to do with? Fertility. Right. Which is very much about rebirth. Rebirth. It's about the rebirth of the spring, Mm -hmm. right? So like nature coming back and greenery and flowers. It's rebirth. Yes. And after the death of winter. Yes. And that's the thing too, is that, I mean, Christians were smart. They would come into these places that were like when they came to, to the UK, well, whatever it was known as then, but like it was a pagan place. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, you know, or even Northern Europe, how can we help people come? And I saw this when I was in Peru as well. They did a very similar sorts of things. We look at the current state. How can we bring this current population into Christianity? Let's take some of their celebrations and map it to Christian celebrations. Exactly. So there really isn't anything. Actually, if you look at it, Jesus was probably born in April mm-hmm. and not in December, but in December was when there was already a practice of celebrating the death of the god right right who then gets reborn Mm -hmm. at easter time period yeah so it all overlaid so christmas trees that's a pagan thing Mm -hmm. there were no christmas trees in jerusalem (laughs) (laughs) right so I don't know. I just, I, obviously I get excited about it. <laughs> but I just love it because for me, it means I can enjoy these Christian holidays like Christmas and Easter and whatever without having to feel like I'm being a fraud. Right. Because I'm not Christian. Well, and I mean, even some of the other ones, you know, like Imbolc mm-hmm. takes place on, say, Bridget's Day. Or vice versa. Mm-hmm. And All Saints Day. All Saints Day or All Souls Day. It's November 1st. Exactly. Which is overlaid, right? Look at that. Mm-hmm. Overlaid, because particularly when you talk about Dia de los Muertos, mm-hmm. right? Which is Catholic oriented. That's also about the death, right? right? Which is also what Samhain is about. Right. And honoring your ancestors. And honoring your ancestors. That's a big piece of it. And that is what Samhain is about. So, yeah. well, it's one of the things Samhain is about. It's one of the things. Anyway, it's fun to learn about all those things. It I sure think. is. I love it. And I will say this, just because Christianity in ancient times kind of co-opted pagan religious days and celebrations doesn't mean that they're any less valid for Christians Absolutely, as they are. Yes. I've heard some people who are like, no, well, Christians are, you know, whatever, because of they stole yeah. our holidays. But it's not that they stole our holidays. It's that they said, hey, we celebrate the same thing. Mm-hmm. So let's do it on the same day. I like that. Yeah. That's kind of a way to, yeah, exactly. Okay. So this is, this is also about pagan fun. No, we don't have fun. Pagan fun. I don't even know if you know about this. Maybe you do. I hope you don't because I want to blow your mind. This is something that actually started in the Seattle area and it is called Spiral Scouts. I have heard of that. Oh, I wish you hadn't. I'm sorry. I know. I can't be surprised. (laughs) But you know what? Other people don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. They sure don't. So there you go. All right. So... 
It's pretty adorable that there is actually a pagan scouting mm-hmm. group, right? And they started in Seattle and now they're all across the United States. And it was very much, I think, kind of a little bit of a reaction, particularly at the time there was a lot of focus in Christianity and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts because yeah. it's definitely a part of it. And there wanted to be a group that was more um, focused on kind of earth-based religions, but they're also inclusive. You don't have to be pagan to be a part of them. No. But it is kind of about the a little bit more connection to spirituality and nature. Mm-hmm. And um, you get badges. And I was that was the research I was doing. I was like, I need to know a little <laughs> bit more about the badges. And I love it. There is a badge for each of the holidays of the Wheel of the Year. I love it. I loved it, too. There's a little Beltane badge. And every holiday, the, there are things for kids to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, I just really loved that. I, I hope that my niece and I could get my niece and nephew into. There's no Portland yet. I'm going to put you in charge of the Portland oh, chapter. Oh, yeah, with all my free time. Well, it wouldn't be until your child is old enough to be a part of it. Well, we'll see. <laughs> put your husband in charge of it. Oh, God, no. <laughs> He's not even pagan. <laughs> oh, well. You don't have to be pagan. He's just woo curious. Well, find somebody. Recruit somebody. I don't, recruit you. Don't recruit me. I have no children. <laughs> and I get over-recruited. <laughs> I think it's a great option for kids to yeah. have something where they can have fun with magic and play and, and nature. And, like, learn about, like, nature in more of a spiritual sense and not just a scientific sense. Absolutely. I love it. Well, we'll see. When my child is old enough, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'm bringing it up again. <laughs> I, could, I'll, I could help you. I will help you. I won't run it. So that's one way that you can gather in groups. But they it's kind of cool. If you also are, they have, so that's circles. You get together as circles as a group. But as, as your individuals, you can have a hearth. So you don't have to have a whole troop. You can do a hearth. So it's something also similar for adults. That not everybody can gather in groups. Rosalie, I bet you have some thoughts. Well, I mean, we have an entire episode about finding your woo community, Uh your woo crew. And I would say, like, you do not have to have a coven, which Mm -hmm. is a dedicated group of people who practice a specific tradition together. You don't have to ever practice with another human being, right? Like, that's not part of what it is. It's... If you want to find community, there are, we, we talk, look, listen to the Woo Crew episode, yeah. right? But if you want to just do it on your own, do it, right? There's nothing stopping you. Yeah. There's so many resources available now that were not around yeah. when I was learning. Yeah. There's books galore. You know, bookstores usually have a section dedicated to metaphysics mm-hmm. and pagan religions and there, you know, you can also look into finding a coven. That's sometimes more difficult because covens can be very insular. They can be, they can have a lot of hoops that you have to jump through in order to become part of the coven. And you usually have to know somebody in order to get in. But you could certainly ask for help from your guides, from deities, from ancestors, or whomever, if that's what you're really looking for. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's no reason why you can't practice by yourself. Yeah. That's the majority of what I have done. What is it called? It's called something. I don't know, solo practitioner? <laughs> I feel like it's got a name. Maybe. Solitary witch. So now let's get into our audience question. Okay. We've got one. We kind of touched upon it a little bit, but I think it's important to talk about it explicitly. And that is, how is paganism different than Satan worship? 
Because we talked about that a little bit with the pentacle versus the pentagram. Right. Oh, and the pentagram is when it's upside down. Yes. Because I don't think we actually explicitly stated that. That's why I said pentagram in that way. (laughs) I would say Satanism is a complicated topic. Yeah, it needs its own episode. Because there's kind of, there's modern Satanism, and then there's also the Christian notion of Satanism, which is somebody who actually worships the devil. Yeah. And paganism is not Satanism. No. We typically do not worship the devil. Nope. Because it's not a Christian religion, so Satanism is a part of Christianity. Right. And paganism is pre-Christianity, except not necessarily neo-paganism, the concept of paganism, blah, 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 blah. (laughs) I'm going to stop talking now. No, I think you were doing great. Thanks. (laughs) But yeah, so it's not a Christian. It's just not Christian. So therefore, it's not anti-Christian either. Right. Which is Satanism is essentially anti-Christian. Yeah. And a lot of pagans don't believe in Satan at all, or the concept of hell, mm-hmm. or the concept of angels, and Lucifer was a fallen angel, yeah. you know? So, I mean, that's... It's totally irrelevant. It's irre- it is irrelevant to the majority of pagans. Yes. And I will say the majority, and not all, because there's exceptions to every rule. Yep. So... Somebody out there is going to argue with us about <laughs> it. So fine, you win. And you lose. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's... I don't want to spend more time going into that because I think we're going to have an entire episode someday about Satanism. Apparently we are. It's tarot time! It's tarot time! That's creepy. Super creepy. I love it. Jillian, what is tarot time? Tarot time is the part of every episode. The end... Where Rosalie and I both draw a card and we interpret it for you. For you. And for us. And for us. And hopefully it has some message that carries us through the day. Yeah. All right. What did you draw? So I drew, I first of all, I used the my one of my favorite decks, which is the Housewives Tarot, which is nice and campy and fun. And I got the Justice card. Oh. And it's this woman giving a little boy a spanking with a wooden spoon. Wow. I know. And I'm going to read because I just love the descriptions here. Justice is about fairness, rewards, and punishments. Justice is best served by a fair and impartial judgment. It is about weighing both sides and finding the proper balance. The time has come to get what you deserve. Justice is as much about rewarding with sweets as it is chastising with a wooden spoon. It's up to you whether you end up licking a lollipop or rubbing a serve behind. Like Mother always says, what goes around comes around. (laughs) Okay, so what's your interpretation of that? Well, I'm looking forward to blending our cards for the interpretation. Okay. But yeah, just just this idea of um, justice and fairness and like karma. Really, the threefold rule, (gasps) which we we didn't didn't talk talk about. about. Which we've talked about in another episode, but the idea is a very much a pagan belief that what you put out returns to you threefold. Not everybody believes it. Nope. And I know Rosalie's one of those people. Yeah. But the whole idea is basically karma. Just be careful what you put out because it will come back to you. That's right. So for me, that's kind of, I think what I'm going to interpret the justice card is right now. It's like what you've put out is coming back to you. Yeah, absolutely. And then the card that I pulled, it's from the Wisdom of Avalon Oracle Cards. Mm -hmm. This card is just 
forgiveness. Mm. And so what I would say is that as we put shit out into the universe, good or bad, and it comes back to us, you need to think about forgiving yourself. You know, when you put out bad shit into the world and you have to deal with the consequences of it, don't spend your days hating yourself for your poor choices before, but also think about what are you going to be able to forgive of yourself when your current actions come back? I have another interpretation. Oh, great. I feel like mine was pretty mediocre. My is when bad things have happened to you, when there's bad things in the world, trust that justice will happen mm. for those people that have done wrong and focus on forgiveness. Because when you are focusing on forgiveness, you're putting that positive energy out into the world. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you have to sacrifice justice. Justice and forgiveness can coexist. I like it. I like it too. I like it a lot. We all can practice some forgiveness in our lives. Okay. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Yes, we do have to say thank you, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. No, yes, thank you. We really appreciate you so much. We really do. And if you like us, we would love it if you could subscribe, rate, and review. And share this with somebody else that you think might have enjoyed this episode or might learn some tasty nuggets. And you know what? You can also go to our website shipmysoulsayspodcast.com and you can subscribe to our newsletter where you will get our episodes emailed to you or any blog posts that we happen to write that that dive deep into a topic and also just find out more about us. That's right. And if you have a little extra spare change, we would love it if you could buy us a coffee on Kofi. Mm-hmm. That's ko-fi.com slash Shit My Soul Says. There are extras for our listeners who support us that way. And that will help us to continue doing this show yeah. for a longer period of time. Yeah. There's things this podcasting is not free, believe it or not. All of y'all that want to start your own podcast, it costs a little bit of money. It does. It's so we appreciate so much all of our Kofi supporters. We really do. We love you. We love you. And yeah, on that note. On that note. Do your woo. Yes, do your woo. And tell us, what shit does your soul say? Yes, what shit does your soul say? Bye!